We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock for the next hour. We're here talking about cars. We've got Ed on the line. We're going to get to him in just a minute. But if you'd like to join us, the lines are open. We've got four of them. Gil's handling the calls for us. He's going to ask you what your name is, and if you would start with the year, make, and model of your car and the mileage and whatever symptom you've got, or if you've got a question about a particular car, we'll take that as well. We'll do our best to accommodate you. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Air Park Auto Service. Nadine and Stacy opened Air Park Auto Service in 1985, just about the time Renee and I opened our repair shop as well. They're located in, on Rain Tree, just east of Hayden, which is just south of Bell, and it's still family-owned and operated. Stacy passed away a couple of years ago, and Nadine has taken over the shop. Nadine worked hand-in-hand with Stacy the entire time, so she knows the shop really well. And I can assure you that the male technicians are not going to run roughshod on Nadine. So they've been on my best car repair list for years and years. They're a state-of-the-art, clean and green facility. They have the tools. They have the scanners. They have the ability for most makes and models of all cars and trucks. So if you live in the North Scottsdale area, I know you'd be happy with the service you receive at Air Park Auto Service. Ed, good morning to you. How can we help you? Hi, I've got a 71 Plymouth Duster, 318, and I put a Edelbrock four-barrel carburetor on it. How do you tune these? (laughs) Tell me what it's doing. Uh, It's just... It runs beautifully. I mean, it's fantastic. It just gets lousy gas mileage, but I was mentioning it to my son-in-law's father who owns a shop up in, I don't know, Oak Creek, and he told me how to do it with the vacuum. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll remember that. Well, I'm sitting here with a pen and paper right now. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to tell you that I don't think you can fix this but I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you the procedure. The very okay. first thing we're going to do is that 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 and you do, what carburetor do you have on that? Did you get an Edelbrock high rise as well as the carburetor? An Edelbrock carburetor? Uh, it's an Edelbrock carburetor. I believe it's a fourteen oh six. And okay. um, you need the manifold. Nope, nope, nope. I don't care about oh. the manifold. Here's here's what we do. First thing we're going to do is you have three circuits on the carburetor. You have idle circuit, cruise circuit and wide open throttle circuit, okay? The mm-hmm. first two are going to be running the rich. That's where your richness is. So we're going to take your air-fuel mixture screws, which are those screws that poke out of the front of that, right. and we're going to look at your tailpipe emissions, and we're going to look in, looking at CO. And we know that we can get those the CO level to be 2.0. Call it $2. I'll bet okay. you anything those screws are going to be at 8 or 9 or 10. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to put a tachometer on there. We're going to back those screws out to about five. Yeah, but you can't do that. CO. The level of CO at the tailpipe, the number is going to be eight, nine, or ten. Okay. And so it should be two or less. Right. So in order to shut that fuel off, we do what we call a lean drop. Otherwise, we're going to turn those screws way out, and we're going to be watching a tachometer. And we're going to go a half here, a half there, a half here, a half there. And we're going to keep doing that until all of a sudden we turn a half and the motor goes like this. So we're going to drop a little bit. As soon as we get to what we call lean drop, we're going to turn it a quarter turn and stop, and we're going to make sure both screws are the same. Now, we have just set the idle circuit. Now, as far as the main circuit is concerned, there are needles and jets. I want you to think of a round circle, and then you put a peg in the round circle. If the round circle is big, the peg better be almost as big. So, So what happens a lot of times, those carburetors have a huge jet in them, and they have a very small rod in them, which means they run real rich. So what you have to do is you have to take the rod out and measure it. Then you put a bigger rod in there to shut off some of the fuel. Okay. So this is something that's going to probably take probably 200 to $250 and probably 10 to $20 worth of parts. And somebody's okay. going to be able to trim the, trim the carburetor and give you the very best setting at idle, the very best setting at cruise, and then those rods and jets that fix on them will translate to wide open throttle. Now, in addition to that, in that $200, $250 worth of labor I got, they're going to set your timing, they're going to set your dwell if you still have points in it, no, and they're going to advance your timing to, what's that? I have an electronic ignition in it now. Okay, then we're going to verify its operation. It's closing and opening the coil with a square wave. We don't want to see stair steps. We want to see open, close, open, close. We want to see 90 degrees on our oscilloscope. Then we're going to advance the timing till she rattles a little bit, and and we're going to make sure the temperature in the engine is about 200 degrees. We're going to rattle the, the timing, advance it, then we're going to back it off two degrees, and we're going to hand you the keys. And that's called a performance tune-up of an old car. That's assuming your wires are good, your spark plugs are good, your EGR is not hanging open, although I don't even think you have one in 71, and your exhaust is is, is not restricted in any way. What part of town do you live in? Uh, Tatum and Bell. I'd probably call Kelly Clark and ask him if oh. he wants to do that. He's 40th and Bell. Right. And he's ask him if he's, a, is, if he's capable of changing jets and, and, uh, and rods on your Edelbrock carburetor. Yeah. The guy I bought the carburetor from, apparently he rebuilds these and, you know, for retail. You know, he does like, he's got about 40 or 50 of them at a time that he rebuilds. And I'm assuming he knows what he's doing. Well, you're wrong. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're wrong, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. It's because... In order to to rebuild carburetors right, you have to have symptoms. So you have to know what the symptoms are. So you take you have symptoms. The car won't start first thing in the morning because the bowl is empty, or on wide right. open throttle it falls on its face, or if the accelerator pump's skirt is damaged. So you have hundreds of symptoms, hundreds of possible symptoms on the carburetor's bad. 
So a good guy is going to take the carburetor off, and he's going to fix all the problems as he rebuilds the carburetor. Then when he puts the carburetor back on, listen to me carefully. All the old symptoms are gone, and there's nothing new. Mm-hmm. That is a, Now, how is it a guy can rebuild 50 carburetors in his garage, he doesn't know what the symptoms were, and he doesn't know what new problems he created? And I've been in this business 37 years, and I'll bet you I've bought 100 rebuilt carburetors, and I've had to rebuild each one of those. Okay. Not I, but my staff has. So we don't even buy rebuilt. Now, here, admittedly, if I need a bowl on a certain carburetor, and the bowl is 300 new, and the rebuilt one is 110, I'm going to buy the rebuilt one just to steal the bowl out of it and put it on correct. my carburetor or my customer's carburetor. So I will buy rebuilt ones for the correct parts and for a part that's not defective, but there is no way that the guy that rebuilds, and here's, here's what the deal is. Most of those guys will tell you, bring your carburetor over here, bring cash. I do not guarantee the carburetor is going to fix your problem. All I'm going to do is take your carburetor apart, clean it up, and put new gaskets in it. That should tell you all you need to know. So mm-hmm. I, with all due respect to the guy that's your friend, um, he, I think he would agree with me. You have to know Quite the symptoms. Good. You have to f- fix them. And then you also have to not create anything new. That's the important part of rebuilding carburetors. Yeah, I, I just met the guy when I bought the carb from him. But um, Okay. okay. All right, well, good luck to you. Thank you very much for calling, Ed. And that means we have open lines available, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. You don't work on carburetors much, do you? No. <laughs> I was just half asleep. <laughs> you know, us old gray-haired guys, though, we know carburetors really, really, really well. I knew I had a kid named Mark, and I'm not going to use his last name, He's still in town, and he's a really good technician. He used to walk to the tailpipe, and he'd sniff the tailpipe in, in idle, and he'd guess what the CO was. And I'll bet you, it, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds that 90% of the time he was within one and a half points of what it really was. He yep. just, I don't know if he was that good of a guesser, but if we're talking about from 1 to 10, and he's one and a half points away. That's right. pr- that's pretty amazing. Right, it is. He just sniffed the exhaust, and he'd go, he'd go, that's three and a half CO, or he'd nine and a half CO, and we'd all laugh at him, and then he'd stick the tailpipe probe in, and pff, he was right. Yep. So it's just really a matter of wh- who's that, Alan? Okay. It, the the fact of the matter is, is when we started vehicle emissions, that's when we really got good with cars because we never understood before how much raw fuel and how, how much unburnt fuel was going out of the tailpipe. Once we start shutting that down, then the oil was no longer contaminated with the abundance of gas. The exhaust system lasted a whole lot longer because we weren't burning it all the way through it, and the car engines lasted a lot longer. So in one, as far as I'm concerned, vehicle emissions back in the 70s was a really good thing. All righty. Alan, good morning to you. How can I help you? Oh, I've got a 93 Ford F-150 uh, 5-liter 4x4 with electrical problems. And electrical problems okay. are like uh, gremlins. I hate them. Um, okay. It's in the shift column. And what's happening is when I put this thing in park, and this started years ago. It kind of went away, and now it's come back with a vengeance. When I put it in park, it blows the 10-amp fuse that runs the... Uh, overdrive electronic transmission and a couple of gauges and the door chime. <laughs> a 
I could live without okay. a door chime, but the rest of that stuff I need. <laughs> so okay. um, I guess my question is, before I tear this steering column apart, because actually one time when it blew the fuse, a little puff of smoke came out right up on the steering column. So I think there's a short up there. Just is, is there a module in there on these things that goes bad? Is it just a bundle of wires and something's got shorted over the you know, 23 years I've had this thing? I've just never torn this thing apart, just wondering what I might be in for, or if you have any tidbits of knowledge and have seen this thing before, anything would be appreciated. Oh, I can help you. I can help you. Okay. Um, th- and the overdrive cycle is on and off by itself. Okay. That's something that's right. new, too. Okay. All right. Well, well, well no, that's 1120. Oh, we got to go at 11:20. Oh, 11:17. Oh, okay. He says one minute. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the, the button that you have on the end of your shifter is going to be probably a two-wire button, and it's going to okay. go in behind the steering wheel and down the column. If you had a wiring diagram, you'd know that there's a connector down there. So if I were you, I would disconnect the connector and go without overdrive. And I bet you can go two or three or four weeks without any fuse blown. And as soon as you plug it back in, you'll experience the same thing. As a result of that, the problem is either going to be the button or the harness that goes down. Now, this button is probably going to either apply a ground or a power to a, a, a relay or a module. And so when you short it, it's going to do the same thing. So the fact that the overdrive goes in and out tells me it's shorted. So I think that between the button and the bottom of the steering column where that harness comes out, somewhere in that harness, you're going to find your problem. The puff of smoke is a guarantee that I'm right, because you're telling me from the column you had a puff of smoke. So yep. the question really is, is how do you replace that? Pull the steering wheel off, pull the steering column, or the, the collar, what we call the shift collar off, pull on the wire harness from the shift collar, and go down underneath and see what's moving. And up here, it's a, two, it's a red and white wire in a black a shroud. Down there, it's a red and white wire with a black shroud. Disconnect it. Pull that harness all the way up. Put the new harness in. And, and what I do is, is as I pull the harness up, I would hook a small piece of strong thread or some, uh, what do you call it? Fishing line. Fishing line to the old one. So as you pulled pull the old one out you're pulling the new you're pulling the line in then you disconnect it hook it to the new one and suck the line back down got otherwise it, got you're going to have a tough time but that's what i would do all righty excellent excellent thank you very much for the help you're welcome 1118 and we'll be back right after this hello i'm greg may the proud owner of phoenix body works i started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles i'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. So, what would your life be like without music? Exactly. And that's where we come in. 
Universal. Universal Disc Jockeys, the Valley's number one choice for any event, any event, corporate parties, proms, formals, and homecomings. And of course, Universal Disc Jockeys is the best choice to make your wedding day absolutely perfect. With a music selection that covers every style, state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line equipment, and the very best entertainers, your event is sure to be a huge success. Log on today to find out if Universal Disc Jockeys is available for your event at UDJAZ.com. Universal Disc Jockeys. Hi, this is Seth Zabalos. Book now for next year. Universal Disc Jockey has music for all occasions. Funk, disco, rap, hip-hop, and classic. Universal Disc Jockeys offers bilingual DJs, and they can also help plan and coordinate all the details for your next event. Universal Disc Jockeys. Call today, 602-625-5555, or log on to UDJAZ.com. Universal, y'all. It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust and Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. I'm more resourceful than I thought. My suit can still make an impression. My video games are still game changers. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill... It helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Now my stuff gets a second chance. And will give someone in my community... A second chance, too. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. That's Goodwill.org. This message brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting to my left is Alan Salem, and he handles the uh, performance and diesel side of our business, and I handle the maintenance and the gasoline side of our business. But I want to talk to you about another repair shop. SNS Tire and Auto Service has three locations on the west side, Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. At SNS Tire, they have a complete line of tires and then many different brands of the same size tire. So no matter what kind of equipment you have, golf equipment, lawn and garden equipment, ATVs, trailers, commercial tires, construction tires, or just regular car truck tires, S&S Tire has a variety of options. They'll write you out an estimate and tell you how much you can write your check for in advance because this is the total amount you're going to pay. So anywhere you're in the West Valley, you owe it to yourself to just go by there and have them write you up an estimate and let everybody else shoot at that estimate. SNS says they don't care. They know they're priced really good. So that's SNS Tire, Peoria Surprise, and Goodyear on the west side. Let's go to the phones. Dick, good morning to you. How can I help you? How are you, sir? Good. Very Hello? good. Thank you. Yeah, great. Hey, listen, yes, I've got a 1994 Ford with a big engine at that 70. Um, and when I turn the key on, the engine just races something fierce. I suck gas. I can pass anything but a gas station. Have you got any ideas? 
So what what motor do you have in that? Is it a gas motor, right? Yeah, it's a four sixty. It's a big one. Okay, and um, and and now it's a ninety four, so it's fuel injected. Right. And and when you start it up cold, it just races like crazy. But after oh, it warms yeah. up, I'll bet it's okay. Well, it, it dies down a little bit, but not much. I mean, I just suck gas. I I, I mean, this thing eats gas like it's going out of style. It's a good truck, okay. you know, and I like it, you know, for a work truck. Right. You know, it's great. Okay, well, we got two different issues here. Okay. If, in order to raise the idle on a fuel-injected motor, we add air. So on one hand, because of the high idle, I'm thinking a vacuum leak. I'm thinking okay. somewhere along the line, we've got a hole in the PCV valve line. We've got a, a huge vacuum leak at the back of the intake manifold. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how we get there. But on the other hand, you're talking about an obvious huge drop in fuel economy. And that mm -hmm. brings yes. up a second point. And there's a fuel pressure regulator on your motor. And the fuel okay. pressure regulator, when the diaphragm goes bad, uh, here's how it deals. The di we have vacuum, a suck on one side of the vac of on the diaphragm, so we have vacuum on one side of the diaphragm, and we have liquid gas on the other. And as the diaphragm opens and closes, it controls the amount of fuel pressure. Well, when the okay. diaphragm goes bad, we suck raw gas into the engine, which creates black smoke, fuel economy plummets, it smells bad, and it smells like sulfur because the catalytic converter is inundated with raw gas. Is that yeah, what you got? Don't, no, don't smell like that. In fact, it's, it's, I can't see anything. Around the tailpipe is just a little bit of white. There's no black whatsoever. Okay. Well, um, it, this doesn't sound like a difficult one to diagnose. Um, okay. It could be the idle air control motor is bad. The idle air control okay. motor is this electric motor with a cone on the end of it that opens and closes an air passageway. How many miles okay. on your 94? Uh, I just turned 150. Okay. So you've been around the world six times. So yeah. if I were the technician <laughs> yeah, working on this... Okay. If I were the technician working on this, the first thing I'd do is pull the idle air control motor and look at it. And if it's all finished up with carbon and it looks like there's a little bitty hole in the center of it, which should be the size of a dime, and the cone on it's all messed up, and if I try to operate it, it doesn't operate and it's stuck in one place, I'm going to clean up the throttle blades, I'm going to put a new idle air control motor on there, and then all of a sudden the problem's solved. Then I'm going to call you up, and I've already told you the diagnostic is going to be $175 to $125, and then I'm going to call you up and say, hey, I've already verified that the idle air control motor is bad, it's this much, to replace it is this much, do you want to do that? That's how it works. Okay. Where, what part Where of town do you live in? I live at 20th Street in Camelback, sir. Okay, 25th Street Auto is at 25th and Indian School, and his name is Bill. Okay, and I can guarantee Bill. you, Bill, at 25th Street Auto, and I guarantee Street you Auto. he can fix your truck, he can diagnose your okay. truck for you. Okay. All righty. We'll see, Bill. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. I re and I, that's called an idler motor is what you called it? Well, you're not going to tell him what's wrong with it. You're not going to oh, tell okay. him that some crazy guy on the radio diagnosed it. You're going to come in and say, I've got a problem with my truck where it races all the time. The idle is way too high all the time. Bill, mm -hmm. how much are you going to charge me to diagnose it? And I think he's going to say no less than 75 no more than 125 or 150 and you're going to say, okay. at the end of that deal, Bill, I don't want to guess, so I don't want you trying this part, then that part. I want to know exactly what's going to fix it. And Billy's going to look mm -hmm. you in the eye, and he's going to say, I don't guess with your money. 
And so he says, I promise you, what I say is going to fix it, and it's going to fix it permanently. But let's get one thing at a time. Let me get through the diagnostic process, and I'll call you with the repair. There's three parts of every repair. The diagnostic process, the part, and the labor to install it. However, yours may need just a cleaning. So now you've got diagnostic and the labor just to clean it. So it could be okay. something like that. All righty. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. I Thank you very much. very much. Great show. I love it. You bet. Thank you very much. Thank you. Jay, you're up next. How can I help you, Jay? Yeah, hi there. Hey, Jay. I'll take the office hi there. here if I sound normal. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm out in Minnesota. Um, I was oh. turned on to your program. My, my brother lives in Phoenix there. He's a regular listener. Um, oh, okay, thank you. So I won't be able to come into any local repair shops <laughs> this <laughs> go-around. Um, I've got a 95 Buick with Saber. Um it's a 3.8, obviously, and I'm having an uh, issue with it dying um, when I'm driving around town. It's beautiful on the highway, um, doesn't skip, nothing happens. A couple years ago, I had to replace the computer on it because it would kick out sometimes going down the highway. All the lights would come on and everything would just shut down. And I replaced the computer on it, and it hasn't done that since. Um and so it's what it's doing is when it like shifts down, um, it if I if I am thinking about it, I get ahead of it. I just throw it in neutral and just kind of keep the engine running a little faster, and and uh, and it helps. But if I don't do that and just start shifting down, the idle or the speed really drops off on the RPM. Um, it'll just die, and no lights. I mean, all my dash lights, everything don't. Uh, come on, you know, like the system is shutting down. It's just, I think it's fuel related. And all I have to do is throw it in neutral while I'm rolling and, um, and start it up again and drop her in gear and away we go. Um, okay. They can do now, let me ask you a question. I, I have to ask you time. some questions first. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Um, does it happen more cold than hot or both? It'll do both. It'll do it when I'm just okay. warming the car up, sitting idling, you okay. know, on a cold start. Yeah. All right, I'm going to put you on hold because i got to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to gather my thoughts, and I have two issues right now that I want to talk to you about. So stay right there. We'll be back right after this. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. 
Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement. A plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, speaking, or or understanding understanding someone? someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until wait. Don't too. Don't, Don't wait, wait until, until it's, it's too, too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at powertoendstroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to take care of Jay real quick. He's calling from Minnesota, and um, we've got some thoughts for you, Jay. Um, Alan and I have had a chance to talk it over, and what was your first uh, thought process here, buddy? Uh, my first thought process was the torque converter lockup solenoids being stuck. Okay. And and what he's talking about is is that typically um, as you slow down, it's like the engine stuck in fourth gear, fifth gear. So as you come to a stop, it jerk, 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 jerks. And when you get to a stop, it dies. But I'm not quite sure. You said you're going down the road and you back up all the throttle or it starts dying and you give it gas. And that leads me to believe that your speed at that point is above 35 miles an hour. So while that's a good thing. Now, if in fact it's the torque converter, do you have a button there on an overdrive button? Well, it, it's only the gear selector, so I can put it in the overdrive mode or the, yeah, one, two, three drive. mode. Drive. So, and what yeah. I do just is go down I to drop d- it down you know, out of that overdrive just to test it. Sometimes I can feel the lockup kick out, and so I'm just okay. running direct then, and it still does the same thing if I don't, you know, stay on top of it. 
All right. Okay, it's not going to be an EGR valve because the EGR valve, when it stays open, it causes the engine to die. And under the conditions that you've told me about, the EGR is going to be open the whole time. The EGR usually closes as you come to a stop. So in t while you're on the gas, the EGR is open, and then when you back off the gas, the EGR closes. And yeah, if so it stays open, it the vacuum when it stays open. No, when it's open, well, it doesn't kill the vacuum. It, it makes a big vacuum leak. Right. Okay. So by staying open, it creates a big vacuum leak, which causes you to die. But again, an EGR valve doesn't really connect with what you're talking about. Okay. So I, I have two th thoughts. I'm pretty sure that your motor has a new um, updated timing cover and crankshaft sensor. I'm pretty sure that that's going to cause an intermittent dying and stalling, typically at highway speeds, which they call 45 and up. And and the fact it can't be fuel because if you throw it in a neutral and you hit the key and it fires right up, that does not say that it's got a fuel supply problem. Otherwise, you'd have to crank it a couple of times before it did. Well, start. often I do. <clears throat> it doesn't. It doesn't okay. always just pop right off. Sometimes I have to crank it over considerably. It always starts, but sometimes it almost acts like it's uh, flooded a little bit, but I don't see black smoke come out. But it can okay. act that way. Well, it doesn't just pop right will the off. Car do, will the car do from 10 miles an hour up to 75 miles an hour? Easy. Yeah, okay. no issues. Well, yeah. see, usually the fuel pump demand is the highest at 75 miles an hour. But if you yeah. wanted to, you could go to your garage and you could say to them, can I rent your fuel pressure gauge for five days? Now, if you're a regular customer of ours, that's no problem. We're going to hook the fuel pressure gauge up to the rail. We're going to tape it to the outside of the, outside of the dashboard, to the windshield, and we're going to say, look here, when it's starting and running, it's at 38 pounds. I don't want it to drop below 30. It might drop to 31 heavy acceleration, but I don't want it to go below 30. I'm just throwing these numbers out. I'd have to look at the specifications before I told you exactly what your fuel pressure should be. Yep. So you might say to your shop, can I, can I rent your fuel pressure gauge for five days? And then if you're driving along and all of a sudden you see the fuel pressure gauge drop to zero at the same time that the engine starts chugging, then what you've got now is a fuel pressure regulator that's bad, or you've got a relay to the fuel pump if your Buick has a relay, and it probably doesn't. I think it and, does. And then you're talking about a fuel pump. How many miles on your Buick? Oh, two, two and a quarter, 225. How many, how many times have you replaced the fuel pump on it? Never. Okay, well, I've tested um, I'm going to guess fuel it pump. It puts out good fuel. <laughs> Well, it doesn't make any difference. You've been around the world eight times. I don't know anybody I've ever met before in my life that has got 200,000 miles out of a GM fuel pump. If people come to me and say, I'm going to be taking a long trip, and I look at the odometer, it's 100,000 miles, I say to them, the best money you could spend is let's go ahead and change the pump now. Because okay. that's the most likely culprit if you're going to be, and you're leaving from the city, you're getting on the freeway, you're driving at higher speeds, the demand is higher, that's going to cut the problem, have a problem with the, the, the fuel pump. So I'm, and, and I want to tell you something else. How low do you let the gas get um, before you fill it up? Oh, I run on the top half most of the time. Okay, and Not that's what something. Time, but people, it doesn't seem to be okay, related to that. 
Well, I mean, yes, I can it does. Run it, I can run it almost empty. No, or full no, I, I'm up against thing. a break, so I, I, I need to talk to you about this. If you run off the top type, hop top half of the tank, the fuel pump is cooled and lubricated by the gas in the tank. If you run off the top half of the tank, then that fuel pump is never, ever above the level of the fuel, so it's going to live longer. Those people that run off the bottom half of the tank are the ones where the fuel pump is now exposed to the elements. It's above the level of the fuel. Therefore, it's no longer cooled and lubricated by the gas in the tank. So that's why we tell people you usually want to start filling it up when it hits a quarter of a tank so that we don't expose the, the tank to that kind of an environment. So my guess, best guess is, is I still think the fuel pressure gauge is a good idea. Um, you, might be, you might be right when you say you think it's fuel. On the other hand, a fuel pressure test will be the answer to your question. It's 1140. We'll be back right after this. The Seth and Chris Show, redefining political talk, not ignoring it. In 1863, in the uh, heat of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln could give a Thanksgiving proclamation addressed to the whole of the American people of America having, quote, one heart and one voice, close quote. That's a message from 1863 in the worst of times that could be appreciated in the 21st century even more so. Weekdays, 3 to 6, right here on AM 960, The Patriot. Hello. I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified, We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May. And I wrote this message. Attention, this is an investor notice. Are you interested in making some extra cash buying real estate tax liens? Then listen to this. The Government Tax Lien Network is offering a free tax lien kit which contains two DVDs and a step-by-step report that will show you how to earn guaranteed returns between 15 and 35% yearly, which is completely secure by the government. They'll even show you how to do this inside your own retirement accounts. So if you're looking to become a real estate investor without risk, then call 1-800-613-6711 now to get your free tax lien kit. Then get ready to buy tax liens for pennies on the dollar and buy houses for as little as $500. All from your home with little or no money working only 5 to 10 hours per week. Call 800-613-6711 right now to get your free tax lien kit plus two free tickets to a live training event which includes a free meal coming to the Phoenix area. Call 800-613-6711 that's 800-613-6711 for your free tax lien kit now. Individual results may vary. A message from DAV to all returning veterans. Thank you. Thank you for doing your duty. Thank you for doing our bidding. Thank you for laying it all on the line. Thank you for stepping up and not backing down. Thank you for putting your future on hold to put our enemies on notice. Thank you for putting your buddies' lives ahead of your own. Thank you for putting yourself in harm's way. Thank you for defending our freedom 
for displaying your honor, for being a hero, even though you don't want to be called one. For all this and more, DAV thanks you, and we're here to help you. Expert DAV advisors will make sure you get the health, disability, and financial benefits you were promised and earned. If you're a veteran, visit DAV.org for free help. And again, thank you. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. If you have a car question, you're still not too late. We're gonna, we'll have to take a final break at 58 minutes after the hour. And right now it's 44 minutes after the hour. So Simple Math says for the next 14 minutes or so, you can still get in 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Larry Harker's Auto Repair. Larry Harker's is run by Bob and Ellen. Ellen handles the front counter, Bob handles the shop, and he's one of the best diagnosticians I've ever met in my life. He's an old gray-haired guy. He understands how engines work. He understands the importance of communicating to the customer. He, he understands he'll spend time talking to the customer and, and narrowing, narrowing down the problem just by asking the customer specific questions. And under the best of conditions, the customer will, there's three answers to every question, yes, no, or I don't know. And when you're talking to a technician that's trying to diagnose your car, pay attention to that. Yes, no, I don't know. Nevertheless, Larry Harker's has been around for a very long time, 1967. So if you live anywhere near 38th Avenue and Indian School, I'm very proud to recommend Larry Harker's Auto Repair. Folks, we're up here in the mountains at our ranch, and this morning it was, what, 23 degrees, something like that? Too cold. Too cold. Mm -hmm. And and we're sitting here in my office, and we're hooked up to radio equipment, and we've got a computer screen here. But I'm sitting here next to my son. Would you describe those pants you have on? Are those your pajamas? Yeah. They are? Yeah. What's that character on there? That's Elmo. (laughs) (laughs) You you have pants? Your pajamas have Elmo on them? Yes. Yes, that's all you have to say is yes. Uh-huh. And and what does your shirt have on it? It's my kid's school. It's oh, it's Tarwater Elementary. Yeah. So do you wear those pants in public? Yeah. You do. You wear your. No, no, no. I don't wear these pants in public. No. <laughs> <laughs> now I I want to describe my son to you. He's six foot four. Um, he he he'll never tell you what he weighs, but it's two twenty, two thirty. Around there. <laughs> And you have Elmo pants on. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture, and we're going to post it on the Internet for him. Is that no, okay? No, we're not. All right. Anyway, Alan handles the uh, performance. <laughs> <laughs> These and, are comfortable. That's why I wear them. Uh, yeah, but I don't want you to ever wear those to work because you're never going to I be able to develop to their confidence if you've got Elmo pants on. I'm just telling you. All right. And is it Guy, you said? Scott. Oh, all right, Scott. How are you, buddy? What can we do for you? Oh, really good, really good. Hey, thanks for all your information. I've got an O2 Dodge Dakota. Uh, I think it's a 4.7 V8. Okay. And uh, three little things going on. Okay, so it's got 180,000 miles on it. I've only owned it for about three months. Uh, clean as a whistle. Everything about it has been taken care of. And immediately it just is sucking oil through it. Uh, nothing coming out the tailpipe. Just about a thousand miles in, I'd lose a quart. Um, 
So I changed the EGR valve, and that seemed to slow okay, down. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, stop, 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 stop. We don't care what you've done. Um, if you say that there's no smoke and it's using the cord every every a thousand miles, I don't. EGR valves has nothing to do with oil consumption. What you have to do is pull the spark plugs on that and find the cylinder that the spark plug is all black, and that's where your consumption is. Your catalytic converter is going to cover up the smoke, but it's not going to. And if it's not leaking on the ground and it's not coming out of the tailpipe, it really is coming out of the tailpipe. But you're just it's the catalytic converter is consuming it. So the way to find the oil consumption issue is pull your spark plugs. Now, if all of them look alike, then you're probably sucking oil out of the intake manifold gasket, and you would put a vacuum gauge on the dipstick tube. You'd pull the dipstick out, put a vacuum gauge on the dipstick tube. You'd cover up the PCV valve holes, and if the thing had two or three or four inches of vacuum in it when it sat there and idled, then you'd replace the intake gasket. Let's go on to the next one. So just lately, it, it, it starts like I, I do the freeway every day. And it, every once in a while, I'll feel it just stumble, just a little bit. Uh, and then when you sit at a light, off and on, it'll, like, it's missing on one cylinder or something. It'll just, as soon as you hit the gas, it just cleans up and goes. It's a peppy little truck. But um, I, Okay. I, it's the same thing, Scott. It's the same thing. We need, if you find the spark plug that's ugly, then you either replace it with a new one, or put it in the next cylinder and bring the other cylinder. If, it, if that spark plug's good, then bring it over. Because once you take an oil fouled spark plug and put it in, in a good cylinder, it'll, it'll usually clean up. If you do that, and I, I'm thinking before, before you start going after this intermittent miss, we need to deal with the oil consumption issue. It's entirely possible that somebody put some 8090 in that motor, and now you're starting to, to consume that oil because we've worn it out. So let's forget the miss. Let's go after that oil consumption, and we got to fix that first. Okay. So, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't chase the miss when you got a quart every thousand miles. Okay. Okay. You know, and the third thing, I, I can't even remember now, but I appreciate what you told okay. me. Okay. Well, well work and, with and, it. Okay. And, and, and the thing of it is, is a quart every thousand miles is unacceptable, and you might even drain the oil, and, and you, if it's got 180,000 miles on it, I'd be putting 30 weight in it especially the wintertime, 30 weight would be inappropriate, and then go ahead and start all over again your oil consumption test. That will help you determine. Because it is possible that the oil consumption will increase, which means that it had some real thick oil in it when you bought it. On the other hand, the oil consumption could stay the same, and then all that tells you is, is there's no question you're consuming oil. The test to do the intake gasket test is probably a $50 to $75 test at most shops. You typically don't have the knowledge or the equipment to do that, but if you say to them, can you vacuum test my intake manifold by checking what the inside of the engine is drawing, because really we should have one pound plus or minus at the dipstick tube when the engine is performing appropriately. We should not have two or five or six or seven pounds of vacuum on the dipstick tube when the engine's sitting there idling. That clearly tells us we have a bad intake. So the guy could have sold this because he had Fallon spark plugs, could have sold it, thinking that the motor's going downhill. But if you put an intake gasket on it and fix the oil consumption problem, then actually you came out really good. So that's what I would do. If you want to follow this conversation up, go to the email. And my email is mark at marksalem.com. Mark at marksalem.com. And that goes for you, Jay, as well in Minnesota. If you want to continue the conversation, then mark at MarkSalem.com. 
Alan, we talked at the very beginning of the hour about the guy that went to Mexico yep. and ended up paying $1,400. He paid $1,400 in Mexico, and we said to him, it would have been cheaper for you to tow the vehicle to Phoenix from Mexico right. as opposed to paying $1,400. And in reality, they did nothing to further his, his truck. Right. Now, he towed it back with a Jeep, and he put the front wheels on a dolly. Then he, the, the truck fell off the dolly. Right. What was the body damage associated with the truck falling off the do the dolly? Very little, actually. Okay. And how about the dolly? Was the dolly damaged? No. Okay, I was just trying to ma mathematically add that to the $1,400. Oh, he, he turned that into his insurance. Okay, so yeah. he still had a deductible. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. So the idea was is they, they tried two sets of injectors on this Duramax diesel. They tried to fix them. Power and stroke diesel oh, for the fourth time. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a Ford Power Stroke 6 liter. They also replaced the FICM, the fuel injection control module. Correct. Did they leave any of those parts in there? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably part of what the 1400 was for. I don't know exactly what they did. It, it was such okay. a convoluted story by the time I got to it. Okay, so maybe he paid, but but we do know the injectors and the FICM didn't replace, didn't fix the problem. Nothing. Okay, we had a coolant leak inside the engine that was causing the oil to turn into molasses, and the Ford needs to have... No, not, not molasses. It's going the opposite way. It's turning real thin. Okay. Because water in the in the oil makes it real thin. Okay, and it can't compress the oil? Correct. Yeah, it can't. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, it's, it's too thin. Okay. All right. Well, I was under the impression it was turning it to mud because typically coolant and, and, and oil in every other application turns it to mud. But let's go to Bill. Bill, good morning to you. How can I help you? Hello. This is uh, Bill. Yeah. I, I have a question about an oxygen sensor on a O2 Mercury Grand Marquis. Okay. Uh, I, I had I had one of those guys, read, one of them parts guys that don't know nothing, because I don't have a reader, and they came up with a, a code uh, P2270 and P2271, okay. and I have no idea if they, those mean rich or lean, and uh, next thing is the, uh, it says bank one, sensor two, is that the, okay. w w which one is that then? Okay, well, that that's exactly what those three-whiskered kids can't tell you that pull the codes. You see, they're hoping that you're going to buy both oxygen sensors on, if you have dual exhaust on your Mercury, then you have two fronts and two backs, or two bank one, number one, and two bank one, number two. So they're hoping that you're going to buy four oxygen sensors, and that's going to take care of your problem. Um, Bill, you're you're going about this the wrong way. If, if you take it into a shop, what they're going to do is plug in their scanner. The scanner is worth four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000. The code reader is $69 to $29. Mm -hmm. The scanner is going to give us data. So we're going to look at the data, and I'm going to give you an example. I want you to think of the numbers between 1 and 10, okay? I want the O2 sensor to be at 5. When I create a lean condition, like pulling a big vacuum hose off, I want the number 5 to go to number 1. Now I'm going to make it run really rich, so I'm going to spray propane into the air intake system, and it's going to go to number 9. So I've seen 1 on a 10 scale, and I've seen 9 on a 10 scale, and that tells me the oxygen sensor is working properly. Mm -hmm. Now, if I make a lean condition and it doesn't go lean, or it doesn't see lean, or if I make a rich condition and it doesn't see rich, then it's defective. However, 
before I test it, I have to check the fuel filter because a plugged fuel filter will cause an oxygen sensor code. An intake manifold gasket leak or a PCV valve hose leak or any kind of a vacuum leak will cause a O2 sensor code. Mm -hmm. Old oil that hasn't been changed in a long time will cause a rich code in O2 sensors. So I want to tell you that only 25% of the time when my shop has an O2 sensor code do we actually replace an O2 sensor. Most of the time the O2 sensor is the messenger and it doesn't do any good to kill the messenger. The messenger saying, hey, bank two, number two is lean, 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 lean. And so we go look and we go, oh, well, it's got a vacuum leak on the, on the passenger side of the motor. So let's fix the vacuum leak. Oh, look there, the oxygen sensor is talking again. So I would strongly suggest that you spend the 75 to to $100 having somebody do the performance test on your oxygen sensors and make sure that they're working and they can see both lean and rich. Once you do that, you'll know if the O2 sensors are a problem. Okay. All righty. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you. You betcha. You betcha. Automatic Transmission Exchange has been in Phoenix since 1968. Phil and his staff are automatic transmission experts. Transmission repairs and replacements done by Automatic Transmission Exchange actually go to a next level, and here's why. After they're done with your transmission, they're going to put it on a newfangled machine, and they're going to make sure there's no leaks, and they're also going to technically drive the car with the transmission on the dynamometer. So they're going to check all the gears and all the gear positions. They're going to have an opportunity to check the transmission's performance before they put it in your car. Why is that important to you? Without that, the only thing we can do is just put the transmission in and go drive it. If something's wrong, we have to take it back out. Next thing we do is call you and say, we're not going to deliver today. We're going to keep it another two days. So with the dynamometer, then we don't have to keep your transmission. We can put it on there, check it, and if there's a problem, we can fix it right there. We don't have to put it in and take it out. So that's Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington. They're open on Saturdays, 8 to 12, for your convenience. I think the issue with oxygen sensors is really a, a, a problem that I spend a lot of time with all the time. Absolutely. And what, what bothers me the most is, is the guys at the auto parts store are just there to sell parts. Folks, the, the code doesn't mean anything. The code still means that I have to find the state the city, the street, and the house number of the problem. And I can't tell you how many times we've had an O2 sensor code that was something else, or a, or a, or a mass airflow sensor that was a piece of, of intake ductwork that was broken, um, a throttle position sensor that was carboned up, and all we did is clean up the carbon, we didn't replace the throttle position sensor, a map sensor that had become disconnected as opposed to connected, therefore it set a code and really and truly you plug it back in. But those kids that have those co-readers, code readers, they don't have that ability. I'll see you next Saturday right here on KKNT every 10 to 12. We're here talking about cars. We'll see you then.